thank you for your amazing grace. God, as I, as I hear this song, I'm reminded of the author, John Newton, who wrote that song after being a, the captain of a slave ship and seeking repentance for the actions that he had taken part in. In the midst of a heartbreak, in the midst of pain, he began to hear those words roar up in him. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. God, I'm reminded that we all are wretched. We've all gotten it wrong. So, Father, I just say thank you for your amazing grace. Now, Lord, in this season, would you, would you lead us and guide us as we engage your word? God, I am simply a tool in your hands. What a privilege it is to be a tool in your hands. I get excited about that. But Lord, would I step back and let you go forth? The gospel song says, make me invisible so they see the you that's inside of me. Lord, would they see you now through your word? So speak, Father. Articulate your words through my mouth. Give this family, the Glen Kirk family, ears, hearts, and minds to hear you as you go forth. Those who are here and those who are watching. It's in your name we pray. Thank God. And amen. 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 Um, tech team, before you start my timer, could you give me three minutes to do a couple of introductions real quick? Um, I just want to acknowledge you all. Uh, good morning, Glen Kirk family. Uh, hey, family. All right, all right, I love it, I love it. Um, I know some of you, some of you I do not. I came here before, and it was a blessed time to be here with you all. Uh, my name is Adi Diggs. I have a lot of titles, so Adi will work or Diggs will work. That works just fine for me. Uh, thank you for having me. Um, I want to acknowledge your pastor very quickly, uh, Pastor Tim. Y'all give him a hand real quick. I, I, I've said this publicly, and I say it to him again. I... I admire his depth of knowledge. He is a walking, talking encyclopedia, and I'm always jealous because I wish I could be as deep as he is. I just love to hear him roar up with quotes that come out of nowhere. So thank you, sir, for having me. Um, I'm, I'm a Star Trek nerd. Anyone Star Trek nerds with me in here? Yes. So I'm like Captain Kirk. I, I, I have his mindset. I have his um, bravado. That, that's me. Uh, Tim is like Captain Picard. And I always wished I was like Captain Picard. He's so stoic and calm in his approach. I just don't have that, as you can see right now. So, so, so uh, I, I thank God for uh, Brother Tim. Uh, I'm grateful to be here. I want to acknowledge my brother and sister, Kevin and Bilan. They came out to be supportive as well. They came from Cerritos. So give them a hand very quickly. Thank you all for being here. Um, I also want to acknowledge in her absence, but watching on live stream, my bride, uh, Ashley Diggs. Uh, we are three weeks into a newborn, so she is at home with our baby girl uh, watching right now. And um, I thank you for her, baby Amar. Uh, I'm sleepy, but I'm here with you guys, and I'm grateful to be here. Lastly, and then we'll jump into the Word, um, I clearly am a black preacher. We got that, right? 
Okay, I wanted to make sure we were all good on that. So, so with that being said, um, as is common in my tradition, there's this thing called call and response. Um, it, 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 it fuels me, it gives me joy, it gives me life. And so every now and then I may say amen. And when I say amen, you say? Yes, 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 yes. As, as we are to gathering together and I get the privilege of in, in taking part in your tradition, I also want to give you the privilege of taking part in my tradition. So we'll work through that and we may get it wrong a little bit, but I'll just say amen again and we'll get it right. Amen? Yeah. All right, all right. Uh, I will be with you all in Psalms 23. Um, I'll be jumping around in regards to translations, so whatever translation you have works for me. Uh, I'll be using the New American Standard Translation as well as the English Standard Translation, and then I know it by heart in the King James Version. So I may jump around. You may be like, wait a minute, where are you talking? It's on purpose. So flow with me as I do that. And um, real, real quickly, uh, tech team who did the slides, I need to publicly apologize to you guys. Uh, again, I just set up three weeks into a newborn, so they don't have slides because of me, not because they weren't on top of it. So I publicly apologize to you all, wherever you all, don't blame them, blame me. Amen? Amen. All right, all right, all right. Uh, quick story, and then I'll dive into my time starting now. Woo. Okay, so a quick story that goes like this. There was a older church of about hmm, 40 to 50 members. And they were somewhere in the south in the countryside and they had a young man who was going to college around the age of the young men who, who, were, uh, who were accepted into the church today. So let's use the example of Luke, all right? That young man's name was Luke. And, 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 and he didn't have the money to go to college. So the church, they, they raised funds to send him to college. They put money together. And all four years, he went through college because the church took care of him. He came back one day, a graduate of college. They invited him to sit on the front row. They called him up to give a few words to share he stood up with a clean-cut suit, tailor-made to him. Hair was looking fresh, not like mine. And he began to recite the 23rd Psalms. And he said, I'll be, I'll be reciting the 23rd Psalms from the New American Standard Version. Because that's the, the version we use in the, hall, in the halls of intellect, of academia. I don't know that version by heart, as I just said, so I'm going to read it. He stood up and he said it like this. He said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow and death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely, goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The church jumped up cheering. They cheered. This was their young man. He had made it. He knew, he knew the scripture. He could recite it. They clapped. Towards the end of service, 
a deacon, older gentleman. He walked up. He said, well, we're at the end of service, and I've been asked to give the closing scripture. He says, I've grown older. I don't quite read well anymore. My eyes don't work that well. But here's what I know. He said, the Lord, <laughs> he's been a mighty good shepherd. And because he's been so good to me, I don't have need for much. He said, he makes me rest when I need to rest. I'm getting older. I can't go as much as I used to. He makes me slow down from time to time. He always leads me. Through ups and downs, he leads me. He makes me feel good on the inside, the old, the old deacon said. He says, every now and then I go for walks. They aren't too far, but he walks with me. He said, yeah, I've had some ups and I've had some downs. I've had some difficult times. But that Lord, he's comforted me in all of those things. The deacon said, he put food on my table. He makes sure I have something to eat. Make sure that I'm blessed with food. And he said, I'm grateful for that. And he said, my life might not last too much longer on this earth. But for the remainder of my time, I am determined to stick it out with the Lord. And I hope that when my life is done, I can stick it out with him in heaven as well. The church was filled with tears after he got done. The difference was simply this. The college student, he knew the word. The old deacon, he lived it. He identified with it. He felt it in his spirit. It, it was a part of who he was. Just very quickly in the time we have together, I want us to learn to identify with this text. To know it beyond just, I know it. I've memorized it. But I live it. Intimately and deeply. Very quickly, a little historical narrative with this text. David, often it's assumed he wrote this while he was in the shepherd and the sheep, in the pastures tending to the sheep as a shepherd. But the text doesn't support that. Later on, verse 5, it says he had enemies. And since that's the case, some have suggested he wrote this while he was at war with his son, Absalom. While he was at war, his, his army versus his son's armies. David, grief-stricken, hurting, heavy. He simply says, worship. Worship. 
Theologian Oswald Chambers says it like this, crisis always reveals one's true character. Crisis always reveals one's true character. I love it. David's true character in the moment of crisis was to worship. I want to encourage you. May you always remember at all times to worship. Whether it be in singing, whether it be in preaching, whether it be in writing or praying, would you remember to worship? David chose to worship through writing. He wrote, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I love it. King David, in the position of king, he stepped back and he said, wait a minute. I may be a king on earth, but in the Christian realm, in the, in the spiritual realm, I'm simply another sheep in the flock of God. Oh, Glen Kirk family, I need you to remember, I don't care what your title is at work. I don't care what position you carry in the home. I don't care what you are on the team. I don't, I don't care what title you carry that renders you some form of leadership. At the end of the day, we're all just sheep in the flock of the Lord. Amen? Yes, I love it, I love it, I love it. So he says, because I'm a sheep, I, I, I shall not want. I don't have need. I'm okay. Now, being a sheep in the Lord's flock doesn't mean everything around you is perfect. You may still have some struggles going on, but you lean in to the Lord being your shepherd. And it makes those struggles look like nothing. David helps us first recognize how to rest in God by realizing that we're part of his flock. Then he says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He makes me lie down in green pastures. I'm reminded of the ancient tradition of shepherding for the Israelites, the Jewish community. They shepherd a bit differently than we do in our current day and age. One of the methods they used was the breaking of a leg. If a sheep got away from the flock, the shepherd would pull them back over. The sheep would get away from the flock again. The shepherd would pull them back over. And after a third time if this occurred, the shepherd would gently break the leg of the sheep and sit the sheep in the green pastures right next to the shepherd so that the sheep could get used to the shepherd's voice and would learn to stay near that voice. Oh, if this was a chocolate church, you say amen right now. Simple point, simple point is this. The idea is this. Every now and then, you may find yourself going through some heartache, some pain, some broken situations. And it may simply be the Lord allowed you to go through a breaking season so that you might get closer to the shepherd, so that you might lean into the shepherd and listen for his voice. I love it, Brother Mike. I love it, I love it, I love it. He then says, he then says, he says, he leads me to the side of the He restores my soul. He restores my soul. Keeping forward with the sheep analogy, with the, with the, the, the Jewish Israelite shepherd. Not only that, when there were younger lambs and they couldn't keep up with the group, 
They couldn't keep up with everyone. Sometimes the shepherd, he would carry them in his bosom. Carry them in his bosom, real close to his heart, so that the lamb could get used to the shepherd's heart. Could get used to feeling restored and safe in the presence of the shepherd. I'm reminded, I told you, I have a three-week-old baby girl. One thing I love, my favorite position with her is when I can put her right here next to me, close to my heart, and I can hear her listening for my heart as I breathe, and she just sleeps. My wife has got about 10 pictures in three weeks of us sitting like this with me holding her as she's listening to my heart. The shepherd may break you to bring you close, but he also wants you to hear his heart. That's what it looks like to rest in God, being close to the shepherd's heart during difficult times. He says, he leads me beside still waters. He says, he restores my soul. He says, even though I walk, in the valley of shadow and death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. David transitions. Part one of this text, it focuses on resting in God. Part two, it focuses on walking with God. Listen to David's language. Part verses one through four, he really deals with this idea of talking about God. It's as if he's talking to someone. But then he changes his tone. Now he's talking directly to God. He went from talking about God to talking to God. In difficult seasons, Glenn Kirk, sometimes you've got to talk directly to God. You've got to talk directly to him. You may not have time for calling someone. I, I, know, I know they mean well. I know they want to encourage you. But I need to get in touch with God. I need God's voice and I need God's attention one-on-one. -on -one, you and me. Mano mano. I hate that term. I need to be one-on-one -on -one with God. In difficult situations, in dark valleys, talk to God directly. David continues, he says, he says, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The rod was a form of protection. The staff was almost similar to a walking stick for the shepherd. Simply symbolizing God's presence and God's protection. I can take joy. I can take confidence. I don't have to be afraid of difficult times because God is with me and he's protecting me. David then transitions again. He goes, he goes, he goes. He says, he says, he says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy. Oh, this gets me excited. He says, my cup runneth over. Catch this. David transitions. He goes from resting in God to walking with God to now celebrating with God for the impending victory. All this is worship. Let, let, let me make it clear. He says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. First part, 
preparing a table. David is now imagining himself in the house of God having a feast, a victory feast. In the presence of the enemy, he's saying the enemy has already lost. We're just sitting here celebrating. He says, you anoint my head with oil, my cup overflow. I love this Jewish idiom. Y'all, Jewish folks, they didn't play games. They, they, they had this thing they did. If, if they invite you over to their house, they would fill your cup up to the brim and let you have a good time hanging out, partying, maybe playing spades in my tradition or dominoes in other, other areas. Y'all know about the spades. Sorry, sorry, stay, stay focused, stay focused. And, 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 and what happened is this. When your cup got almost empty, two things would happen. The host would either fill your cup up halfway or all the way till it was overflowing. If they filled it up halfway, that meant it was time for you to go. <laughs> drink your drink and get on out. If they filled it up to the brim a second time, to the point where it was overflowing, that meant they wanted you to stay and they didn't want you to leave. Oh, if you can catch it, catch it. David was simply saying this idea of, he was saying, God has invited me into his house with a meal, and he doesn't want me to leave. He fills my cup up. He makes it overflow because he wants me to stay and celebrate with him in victory. David then begins to conclude. He says, surely... Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. A more accurate interpretation of this text is the idea of David saying, I will return to the house of the Lord forever. I will daily go back, back to that sheep mentality. I will always go back to the flock of the shepherd, of the good shepherd. May we always recognize in all of life's circumstances a returning back to God's house. It, 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 it excites me, we being able to gather despite the challenges that we're navigating because we're in the house of God. It brings me life to be in the house of God. I'm gonna work with y'all on the clapping part, but, but, but it, it brings me life. To, 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 to be in the house of God. That works for me. <laughs> and when you return to the house of God, may you simply remember to say thank you. I'll conclude with this story. Eddie Rickenbacker. Eddie Rickenbacker famous war veteran. Every Friday, true story, if you go by a pier, a pier, a beach pier, you might find Eddie Rickenbacker with a bucket of fish full of seagulls all around him. And he's just simply 
tossing out those fish to the seagulls. And if you listen very closely, you would hear him say, thank you, thank you, thank you. Now, if you didn't know the history of Eddie Rickenbacker, you might be confused as to why he does this. Eddie Rickenbacker was a war veteran who flew planes. During one of his missions, they crashed in the ocean. He and his other seven fellow members of, that were on this mission, they survived and they found a, a, they found a boat, a little small boat, a raft, excuse me, and they got in there. Eight days had gone by and they had run out of different, different food and whatnot. They had ran out of it. And they said, well, we're going to pray and trust God. Eddie being the pilot, he led them in devotion. They prayed. He put his hat on and sat back to take a nap. Randomly, a seagull landed right on his head. Eddie quickly grabbed the seagull. Forgive me, desperate to survive. They took the seagull's life and they had a small meal. And then the next 16 days, they used the, excuse the language, the, the intestines of the seagull as bait to fish. Total of 24 days, they fished with that seagull's intestines to survive until they were rescued. So good old Eddie, being full of gratitude and thankfulness, every Friday, he grabs his bucket of fish and he goes to a pier full of seagulls and he says, thank you, thank you. Glenn Kirk family, dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Rest in God, walk in God, and celebrate with God because of the victory he's given you. But when you get to his house to celebrate with him, please, please, please remember one simple thing. Say, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. For he's been your shepherd, he's guided you, he's kept you. What a privilege it is to be a sheep in the flock of the good shepherd. Amen. Let us pray. And so, God, we submit ourselves to you. May we be encouraged that part of the Christian journey is this discipline of resting in God, of walking in God, and of celebrating the victory with God. May we be encouraged 
to seek out your voice and be led by you. And we be encouraged that in difficult times, we have the privilege of not being worried because you are with us, protecting us and keeping us. May we find comfort in knowing that you desire us to, to be in your house and to never leave, just simply that we may worship you. And may we remember, Lord, to always say thank you for how good of a shepherd you've been to us. God, I pray my assignment was accomplished and your people are encouraged. It's in your name we pray. Thank God and amen. God bless you, family.